full court press. There is no stopping this team. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. It's the full court press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions. To act like the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM 1390 AM. The fan full court press. Happy Tuesday to you, one and all. July 20th, 2021. Thank you for joining us here on 1069 FM 1390 AM 1069thefan.com. And of course, on our 1069 The Fan mobile app. Happy to have you guys joining us, however, wherever you're doing so. Uh, this is where the fun begins for us. And I mean, almost officially, not quite, but we're about there. We're going to be talking Mount West Conference football, a lot of it. Eric and I will have our predictions, preseason predictions, based on ratings or rankings and where teams will finish, uh, our player of the year, uh, so on and so forth. We'll have that for you. And then tomorrow, it really does kick off. We'll have our Mount West Conference football media day. They'll be in Las Vegas at the Cosmopolitan, where Craig Hislop will have interviews with every single coach. And then on Thursday, it will be the players. So it will be a little bit different this year. Coaches Wednesday, players Thursday. We'll have all the audio for you. We'll post it on our website on 106thefan.com. So you'll have every bit of it. You can listen to all of it. We'll post it as it gets back to us, as soon as it does get back to us. Uh, so you guys can stay up to date. And then in two weeks, we're back to two-hour shows, 4 to 6 p.m. here on the fan of the Full Court Press. And that's when we're about a week away from high school football four weeks away from Utah State Aggie football, uh, and five weeks away from the official start of the regular season for National Football League. Uh, always welcome to be a part of our show, 435-339-0321, to text into our Gill Mortgage text line. Again, 435-339-0321, to text into our Gill Mortgage text line. Roll call. How are you doing? Where are you doing? How you hanging on? How are you listening to us? Uh, Eric, we got a couple texts pre-show. Okay, this one came out about 11 this morning from 9315. He says, here's my preseason Mount West football predictions. Here's who he's got. Nevada, Utah State, Boise State, those are your top three. Uh, San Jose State, San Diego State, Wyoming are 4, 5, and 6. Fresno State Air Force in Hawaii are 7, 8, 9. Or excuse me, yeah, Fresno State Air Force in Hawaii are 7, 8, 9. Colorado State, New Mexico, UNLV finish out the 10, 11, 12 spots. I would love to hear from you guys. Where do you think the Aggies are going to finish up? Uh, what does your top five look like in the uh, in the preseason poll? As of right now, who is your top five? Uh, at where? How do you think the Aggies do? Uh, give us maybe big wins they have or bad losses you think they'll have. So text them all in. Uh, see nine seven seven three text in today. I love this text. I actually read it. Um, Learn something groundbreaking today, guys. No matter the circumstances of one's life, you're going through a terrible breakup, you're down on your luck financially, got passed over for a promotion, your dog died. Watching the Utah State versus BYU game in 2018 on BYU TV on YouTube will never not make your day better. Would recommend to a friend. You know what, 9773? I'm actually going to go do that. I'm going to go watch it on BYU TV. I want to hear how it sounds. That's great. You're a glutton for punishment. 
Wait, just I, to listen to them, it's it's punishment. Dude, no, is it more punishment? It's hard. For, is it it's punishment? Just really for, hard to listen. Is to it them. punishment for us, or is it punishment for BYU TV, Spencer Litton, and those guys having to call that game? Well, it, yes, that will be punishment for them having to call it, but still, you'd have to put yourself through everything else that comes with <laughs> listening to. Oh my gosh, what that, they produce. That is so good. <laughs> that uh, is so love good. the. Uh, the, the preseason predictions, and that's going to be a lot of the talk, the talk today. Um, looking at you know the the season coming up, uh, who these teams are in the conference, who do they play, um, what we think the standings will be, offensive, defensive, player of the year. Um, I, I suppose they do a special teams player of the year as well. They do will be announced. So, yep. Um, There's only one guy those, who's up for that award in my mind. Only yeah, one guy. It's a, it's that a should runaway. be a runaway, and if it's not, shame on those. People. I think. Well, I don't know. We have not discussed, but I think it should be a runaway for offensive player and special teams player. Really? For offensive player? Defensive? I don't know. Interesting. For offensive player of the year. I have it a little bit closer on my ballot. Just And and it's it's interesting because of who the candidates are. There's a lot of, and I didn't realize this, there's a lot of offensive guys returning in the Mount West Conference. A ton of them. And that's going to either light the scoreboard up or if the defense can actually make some noise, maybe hold them in check. <clears throat> so we'll get to that. Uh, we also got our uh, stat that blew our mind and our player of the week coming up here on the Full Court Press. Um, Eric, but let's go ahead and get I, – I, I hate to say it like this, but I'm going to say it like this. Let's get the NBA Finals preview over with, though, can we? Because I, I just want to talk football with you, man. <laughs> I've missed it. I've yes. really missed it. So let's go ahead and get it over with. The NBA Finals preview, we're at 3-2 series where the Bucks lead it, looking for their first NBA title uh, since 1971, Sam Merrill's first NBA title of his career. <laughs> and uh, by the way, if you are a Nevada guessing game guy, as Eric likes to put it, uh, I would take the Bucks for this simple reason. Chris Paul is 0-12 with Scott Foster refs his games. Guess who's got game six tonight <laughs> as the head official? Scott Foster. Yes. So take that for what it is, but man, he. <laughs> I think I've told. It's this, always a challenge whenever I, he's the ref. I think I've told this story before, but there was a certain referee that when he refed the Aggies games, when Craig Smith was coach, Craig Smith was like, "All right, guys, we're gonna have to pull a rabbit out of our hat on this one, then, because this guy's refing this game. I, it, I mean, it just doesn't matter." I remember, I think I asked Kyle Cottom the SID about it one time, and he kind of chuckled it off. He's like, yeah, it's just, you know, how it is, but it's, yeah, it's never really ended well for Craig Smith on that regard. But, yeah, he was at one point, and I think he, I don't think he ever got a win. I think he went 0-9 when John Higgins was the ref. <laughs> he never won a that's game terrible. when John Higgins was the ref. You and know, that's, <laughs> that's really embarrassing that we have stats like that. <laughs> Like, how is it that, like, one particular ref or one particular coach or, or player has such a disparity when that referee yeah. calls that game? No, I'm with you. I mean, how does, how does a league, a conference, a professional organization <laughs> not figure out why is this always recurring? Like, why is it that it's so one-sided when you're calling a game? I do I mean, that just is ridiculous. It's embarrassing. <laughs> How does that happen? I don't know. For you, honest, though, they're trying to make history for themselves again. They haven't won a title since 1971. They're trying to do that tonight at home versus the Phoenix Suns. And But standing in their way is Devin Booker, who's trying to become 
the first player to win, uh, or excuse me, to score 40-point consecutive games in the NBA Finals. Actually, he's already done it, excuse me, uh, since LeBron James did it in 2009. He also joins the 90 Magic Johnson, 86 Michael Jordan, and 65 logo Jerry West. Uh, consecutive 40-point games. Crazy enough, and I know we've talked about this at nauseum and in spades, Eric. It just, it, it's got to be more than one guy, and it's only been Devin Booker, it seems like, and just not enough help on from everybody outside the starters because your starters are finishing double figures right now. In fact, three of the five are averaging double figures in the playoff or in the finals, but your bench has just not been enough for you so far. Well, here's the thing, and I heard this on Patrick, um, Dan Patrick, was it this morning? Yeah. I think it was. I think I know what you're talking about here. Um, Devin Booker has attempted or made, uh, I think it's made, was it like 25 or 26 field goals in the fourth quarter of this NBA Finals? 26 field goals. Oh, my God. Good scoring. But assists? Zero. No kidding. Devin Booker has zero assists. No kidding. In the fourth quarter in this NBA Finals. So the Bucks are like, okay, we're, we're going to lock everybody else up and we're just going to make Devin Booker try to beat us. Because great shooter, great scorer, but he's not lifting everybody else up. He's not distributing the ball. He's not making other guys better. Very different. It's very, it stands in contrast, I should say, to what uh, Chris Paul does. So, Devin Booker, a great score. It's a really interesting strategy, defensive strategy, but it's paying off for Bud Boot, uh, for uh, Budenholzer and uh, and his uh, staff. That look, we're we're gonna body up everybody else. It's not like we're just gonna let Devin Booker go loose and go wild, <clears throat> but we're not gonna double him. We're not gonna try to switch and and make things really difficult for Devin Booker as much as we're just gonna try to eliminate or at least keep in check a lot of these other guys. And it's been a really interesting strategy. And uh, going into the series, I, I would have told you if that's your if that's your strategy, that's uh, you're going to lose. Yeah. But especially with the last three games, it's definitely paying off. Well, for Devin Booker, he understands that, look, we're really frustrated with the situation we're in, but we're also looking forward to having a chance to bring the series back home for Game 7. Like I said, obviously, we are frustrated after the loss. Um, we're a type team that realize, you know, that that's over. You know, whatever we we do forward is going to determine whatever our future is going to be. Um, you know, so we're going to go out here today. You know, we haven't watched film as a team yet together on the game. You know, so I think that's step one for us um, in preparing and coming up with the scheme to go out there tomorrow. So, again, your scheme is going to have to be more than just give the ball to Devin Booker and get out of the way. They're going to have to have some more help. From those around him, I mean, the starters have, haven't been horrible, but the bench hasn't been great either as of right now. Again, Booker has scored 40 points in two straight games. Uh, other than Giannis, uh, he did it earlier in the series. And again, only other five players have done it in, in the NBA Finals. And by the way, those 40-point games are both losses. And that's happened to Giannis, LeBron, and Jerry West. That's amazing. That is a list that you want to be a part of, but you don't want to be a part of as well. So, uh, Eric, tonight, you know, we talked we talked already about the Giannis wall and such and how they are going to try and sh- shut that down, but it, it almost seems like that Giannis has figured it out. The more impressive part for me is just the even kill that they have. Like, not too high with the high, not too low with the lows. I, I was reading Eric Walden's article today on the Tribune 
uh, about, uh, you know, Sam Merrill and just his thought process. He said one of the great things about this team is that there are just, you know, they don't get over emotional about a win or a loss. It's just one game at a time. He said when they were down 0-2 to the Bucks or excuse me, to the Nets, he walked into the locker room and Giannis, I mean, they just, they didn't overreact to it. They understood the situation. They still understood they were in the series and that's, uh, that's just kind of the mindset they have. In fact, Giannis talks that exact same thing that, look, it's it's the ability to be able to move on from whether you win or you lose, moving on to the next game. That's one thing that uh, we've done as a team, uh, knowing that being up to all finish, like close our games, being down, it doesn't really matter. we got to figure out the way to win and never get too high, never get too low. You know, you make six threes, that's really matter. The next game, we make zero. Next, like, I feel like we've moved on really, really good. And uh, if Chris does it, if Coach does it, if Drew does it, you know, I feel like the re- the rest follow. I know you're. I know what you're smiling about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what? He has great English. I think he's American. Let's put him on Team USA. As soon as he's done with the finals. Yeah, he's, he's gotten better. Yeah, let's put him on Team USA right now. Yeah. Uh, Eric, uh, offensively for, for the Bucks, I think you just keep doing what you're doing. You feed Giannis when you need to. Uh, Chris Middleton has been good. Uh, I, I think if you can get the help around you, you're going to be all right for tonight in Game 6. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think that uh, what is played out in these Milwaukee victories is that it's not all on Giannis's shoulders. He knows that he can go out there and play loose, attack the basket. Um, he doesn't have to try to be somebody that he's not. He doesn't have to try to step out and hit threes, though he still tries that every now and then. But um, he'll hit a, a a mid-range jumper every now and then. But he knows that, look, I got Holiday, who's playing great during this series. Uh, Middleton has been playing great. Uh, and then you get good contributions they're not always going to be 20 points a night guys uh, like uh, Lopez or, or Connaughton, but they give you good minutes, solid minutes, and good scoring when it's needed. Portis came up big in game five. Um, and so look, there's there's enough coming from those role players from Milwaukee that is creating the difference of separation here between the Suns and the Bucks. Chris Paul's been... Good. He's had some games that he's fantastic. Booker's been really good, except he probably should share the ball more in the fourth quarter. Uh, Dayton has been a little, uh, excuse me, Aiton has been a little bit hot and cold, um, or at least hot and lukewarm. <laughs> and so they they need him to be more dominant uh, in the game tonight to give themselves a chance. Mikel Bridges, uh, some of these other guys, Payne, uh, where are they? Uh, they, those are the guys that have to step up and play big to give the Suns a chance to send the series back to Phoenix. Another guy who needs to step up tonight is DeAndre Ayton. Right now he's averaging about 10 boards, 7.5 points, and 3 offensive rebounds. Like it just seems that ever since that 2-0 series lead that the Suns took, that Giannis has finally just found a different level, just another different gear for him that is just, I wouldn't say destroying Ayton, but really frustrating him in so much that he's becoming a non-factor in these finals. No, yeah, I would agree, and I think that um, that epic block with under a minute oh, to go yeah. in was that, that game four. Yeah, that was nuts. Um, you know, I think that that can stick in your head if you're not careful. And uh, you know, Giannis and his ability 
to uh, to guard Aiton and kind of switching up the the uh, the lineups a little bit. Uh, Budenholzer willing to make a change and go small at times um, is, is proving pretty effective. So let's go ahead and hear from Chris Paul uh, just about him generating more offense for the team. Maybe. 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 All right, well, while he's thinking about generating more offense for the team, looks like he needs uh, I think we just got to figure out a way to generate more threes. If that's penetrating, it doesn't just have to be me and Devin. That's the way we done, we done played all season long is penetrating the gaps, finding Kale, uh, Cam, uh, Jay, all the different guys on our team for threes. Um, and obviously when you lose a game and you look at it, you analyze, you're like, oh, I should have shot more threes. You know, it's a lot of what they call them Monday morning quarterbacks. But uh-huh. I, we we we've had to play a way that we played all season long, and we're gonna try to play that way game six. We'll see how it goes for them. Again, they're gonna have to be better offensively and much better defensively too against this Bucks team, who has started to pick up uh, some steam. Game is seven o'clock Mountain Time on ABC. Milwaukee Bucks trying to wrap up their first NBA championship since '71 versus the Phoenix Suns. Should be a good one tonight. Eric, who do you got? Uh, Milwaukee, last I saw, and I don't know if it's changed much today, but uh, Milwaukee was favored by five tonight. That still is the case. Um, I I would, if I were a betting man, I would take Milwaukee and points. Wow. Really? Okay. Confidence. <laughs> Swag. I like it. Uh, I, I, I mean, the, the difference is that this Milwaukee team, they've got a more experienced coaching staff. They've got more experienced players. Um, they've they've learned what it takes to be down in a series and come back. Phoenix hasn't had that. This is really the first time, uh, isn't it? That Well, where was the series against the Lakers? Was it pretty even until Anthony Davis got hurt? Uh, or was, no. was Phoenix down and then they, had a, they came back after the injury? No, wasn't Phoenix up in that series? Didn't they? Or maybe it was close, and then Phoenix pulled away after Anthony Davis got hurt. Yeah, I don't think. But other than that, they've they've pretty well had the advantage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would definitely agree with that. But I just think this Milwaukee club has been a little bit more battle tested. They've been in this situation before. Uh, They they've made adjustments, proper adjustments, to uh, seize back momentum and uh, and then hold on to it, not give it away. So I just. I think Milwaukee is a little better prepared for what's going to be on the line tonight. Again, we'll find out. 7 o'clock on ABC, you can find that game. Uh, and then we'll see who, if we have an NBA champion or an NBA, or a NBA Finals Game 7 uh, coming up here later on this week. All right, enough about basketball. I'm ready to get on to some football talk. So let's do it. We're going to take a break. Coming back, we're going to talk some Mount West Conference football. Media Day start tomorrow. You'll have your preseason poll, player of the year, preseason predictions, all that from the coaches and such tomorrow from the Mount West Conference. But Eric and I will give ours. Now, we'd love to hear from you. We already have a few texts coming in, which is great. Love to hear more. 435-339-0321. Where do the Aggies finish in your preseason poll? Are there big losses or big wins that you see coming ahead? I'd uh, love to hear from you guys. Is there, do you have an MVP of the league? Um, or, uh, you know, this is Savon Scarver, your special teams player of the year? Love to hear from you guys. Again, 435-339-0321. It is the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan. This is The Herd. The winner in this is also... 
Colin Cowherd. Milwaukee's a much better team. I don't want to hear about Trey Young's ankle. Milwaukee gives me answers and guarantees. That's the series. Atlanta is essentially Portland. They have an unbelievable young guard that can just go crazy. But you never really know what you're getting from the other guys. This is The Herd. And the story out today. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. And the winner is... Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Voted best appliance dealer in northern Utah. This is Jay at Daryl's Appliance. We sincerely thank you, Cash Valley, for your vote. We want to share more great news by introducing the newest member of our Scratch and Dent family, Whirlpool. That's right. We now carry Whirlpool-made appliances at Scratch and Dent prices, always backed by our exclusive two-year warranty and our famous Daryl service team. Come check us out today. Daryl's West on Airport Road. Ascent Aesthetics is quickly becoming the choice of those looking for Botox, fillers, skin care, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical grade facials, and more. Doctors Blotter, Benyon, and Robinette of Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat have assembled an incredible staff that want to meet and help you feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. At Ascent Aesthetics, it's always education first. Visit Ascent Aesthetics in their new Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. Go to AscentAesthetics.com. That's AscentAesthetics.com for more details. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit HFOTUSA.org. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. I heard this song today on Cool 1039, and I was like, oh, man, this is a great song. I've never heard it before. Man, this is right here. Right here. It's coming. Little cool. sexy saxophone going. That was by Kenny G. Then you got this. Oh, man. That just... I think you got the wrong Kenny. No, that's Kenny G. That's Kenny G right there. <laughs> that's my man doing what he does best. Uh, the Guild Mortgage text line. Uh, 9315. Did we get 9315's predictions yesterday? Uh, no, he texted that this morning, and I've already read him. Oh, this morning. Oh, that came this morning. Oh, gotcha. sorry. My bad. Uh, but he added, Scarver should win an award in the Mountain West. Bucks win it today, I believe. Uh, 5099. As a Suns fan, Bucks in six, sadly. I will happily be wrong, though. As a Suns Oh, as a Suns fan, he won. Okay. As a Suns fan, admitting. Hey, don't count yourself out, 5-0, okay? You're good. Uh, 9773. Did you already read that? Nope. Uh, Wait, number one? No, I did not. Just number one, Boise. Number two, Wyoming. Number three, Nevada. 
number four, Utah State, and number five, San Jose State. Interesting. Okay. I love it. All right. So send in more of your Mountain West Conference predictions of where you think Utah State will end up. What is their, what, how do they do on the schedule? Like, Give us like maybe losses they have or wins they have. Something that stands out to you as well. Be interested. Uh, Eric, where do you want to start here? Um, let's start with our players. Okay, sounds good to me. I'm okay with this. Okay, so there's an offensive player, yep. preseason offensive player, preseason yep. defensive player, mm-hmm. and special teams player. Mm-hmm. Um, should we start with special teams? Let's do it. I mean, I think you and I are on the same page and here. And it should be unanimous. Scarver. It should be unanimous from everybody in the Mount West Conference, and if it's not, I'm going to go break some legs. I mean, the dude should break records this year. <laughs> I mean, he's on pace. Okay, okay. Can we set an over-under on how many touchdown returns he has from kickoff? What is your over-under line that you set it at? Just the line that you set it at. Um, two and a half? Are we, and we're, are we just talking about West Conference play alone or the whole season? Uh, whole season. Okay. Not enough? Okay, too know, low? See, I was going to say over because North Dakota is going to screw up and kick to him. North Dakota and Nevada, Jane O'Fell, like, always likes to be like, hey, it's an All-American kick returner. Let's see if he actually can still kick return. <laughs> every year they do that, and every year he responds with a touchdown. So I'm going to say one, that's two, and I think he gets one more somewhere. So I'm going to say over. I think he gets four this year. Four. Wow. Okay. There's only so many times you can avoid kicking to him. Uh, looking at some data here, he returned only ten kicks last year. Granted, it was a shorter season, and it was. Yeah. But sometimes they would try to smart coaches would kick away from him. But um, he did bring one of those back for a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I think that was. I can't remember who that was actually. Was that Nevada? I want to say it was Nevada that did it. Okay. Well, either way, we both have Savon Scarver yeah, sa- as with, preseason special teams question. player of the year. Without question, it's Savon Scarver. Uh, offensive player of the year. This is where things get really spicy. Really? Because the uh, okay. the Bachmeyer kid's back for Boise State. He's going to be a loaded weapon. Nevada's got two guys who are really good, Romeo and Carson Strong. Uh, San Jose State's got their quarterback back. He could be really good. Uh, Utah State has Logan Bonner. We don't know what to expect from him. But, Eric, my player of the year in the Mountain West Conference is going to go to uh, Romeo Dobbs of uh, not yeah, Romeo Dobbs of Nevada, the wide receiver. I think he's, I think he's going to break some records, some school records over there this year. He's he, just tough to guard. He is a dynamic, incredible wide receiver. Torched the Aggies and a lot of other teams too. Um, but uh, he's dynamic. But for me, it's the guy who's getting him the ball. Carson Strong. Uh, incredible year. Last year, he's coming back better. He's got a, one of the biggest targets, if not the biggest target, in the Mountain West. A couple other good players there too that he can spread the ball around to. But I just think overall... His impact on the game for Nevada is uh, going to prove to be monumental for their season. And I think there's some good quality candidates as you've outlined. But for me, Carson Strong is the preseason offensive player. All right. Who's your defensive player of the year, Eric? 
So this is one that I kind of went around a little bit, um, looking at a couple different teams, kind of considering who's coming back, what their impacts were a year ago. But I, I just kept coming back to Cade Hall at San Jose State. Interesting. An incredible defensive end, totally disruptive. Uh, he's coming back. It, it, a lot of the attention on San Jose was some of what they were doing offensively, but really their their best uh, impact, what they were doing to uh, influence any game that they played was what they were doing defensively. And Cade Hall was the the main guy there, the disruptor up front, and so he's my preseason defensive player of the year. Hey, you know what's crazy? And I, I didn't really realize this until I was doing some research on, on just the Mount West Conference defense as a whole is how bad Boise State's defense was last year. One of the worst teams in the nation in creating turnovers, and it was one of their worst seasons defensively in the last 10 years at, at Boise State. Like, they just struggled. I mean, it was amazing how bad they were, and they still walled us by, like, 30 or whatever it was that last year. But anyways, yeah, sorry. Uh, my uh, defensive player of the year is actually not even kidding you, the same as yours, Kate Hall, for only two reasons. One, based on... San Jose State's defense last year, and two, I just looked at numbers, and Kate Hall uh, was either top three in the league in either every major stat defensive category for for San Jose State. Top three in almost every major stat category. Not all of them. I think there's two of them. He's like fourth or fifth, but he was just phenomenal. And so I had Kate Hall, too, as my number five, or uh, defensive player of the year, excuse me. Interesting. So Defensive and special teams are the same, but offensively, we... Same team, yeah, but different player. A different player. Yep, absolutely. Nine three one five text in. Who do you guys think is the is the uh, sleeper player this year in the Mount West Conference? Oof. Oh, that's hard. Um, so many transfers. Me, and... Yeah, can you give me four to five weeks on that one? Um, <laughs> um there's so many. Tra- you're right. Oof. There's just so many new. I mean, there's a lot of guys returning, but there's also new guys coming in, and some of those guys can make a huge impact really early. Yeah, and and I'm speaking specifically of Utah State, especially. They've got a lot of Power Five guys coming in that could be a huge difference difference maker for this team. Boy, um, a sleeper. So not somebody who was already good last year. They're correct. Like the uh, the running back at Wyoming, uh, Valade. Oh yeah, but he was already around and he's already known. Um. Boy, that's a really good question. Uh, hmm. I'll have to come back to that. I'll have to come back to that. Yeah, again, give me about four to five weeks after I do some studying, and I might have a better answer for you. That's a great question, 9315. Really, really great question. Hmm. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, we'll stick with just, I mean, the general specific of the Mountain West Conference here really quickly. Uh but do you think it will be just as competitive this year as it was last year? When I when I say that, like San Jose State had, I mean, there nobody thought San Jose State was going to be the Mount West Conference champs. Nobody, did. nobody, not even close. Do you think we have a surprise of some sort this year in the Mount West Conference in regards to football? Because maybe regards to standings, maybe someone finishing higher than we thought, maybe a team finishing lower than we thought. Um, I, I think. I think Boise might fall a little bit. I mean, normally people will ride in Boise number one and then figure everything else after that. But I, I don't. That's not. That's not them for me this year. Um, somebody who might be a little bit higher. 
more competitive uh, than maybe we think. Is They didn't have a great year a year ago, but I think with what they have coming back and just I, I do really respect Craig Bull uh, is Wyoming. I think Wyoming could be a really surprised team. Um, shouldn't be much of a surprise, but could be a really good team that uh, a lot of teams are going to have a, have trouble trying to face. Yeah, I, I'm with. You. So I don't. I didn't put Wyoming on the list, um, but I think Air Force is still going to be a problem for a lot of teams. I think Air Force is. Look, I mean, they get tired at the end of the year because they only play so many guys, and you know they play that that really physical game of football. But I think they're going to give a few teams a lot of problems and maybe uh, knock a couple teams that should have been up on the pedestal down a couple notches as well. Uh, for the Utah State Aggies, in regards of defense, they have uh, they lost, or excuse me, they returned nine guys. They lost two. They have twenty-two guys who are returning from that lettered, no red shirts, uh, and then sixteen newcomers. The starters returning include Shaq Bond, Andre Grayson, and Nick Henniger. Uh, Zahadri Jackson, Cam Lampkin, Kevin Metzenheimer, Marcus Moore, Dominic Tatum, and A.J. Vompachon. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. I, that was amazing. I'll never do that again for the rest of my life. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. And then for the uh, for the offense, they uh, they returned nine guys. They lost three. Uh, they have 20 lettermans returning. They have 15 newcomers, Eric. Uh, the guys returning this year include uh, Dimitri Kalefua. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I really don't know. Alfred Edwards is coming back. Devontae Henry Cole, Justin McGriff, Jacob South, Carson Terrell, Devin Tompkins, Derek Wright. Really excited to see Carson Terrell back. That is going to be a huge, massive need for the Aggies this year, especially if they want to go fast. Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, what's the name? Is Bryce Mortensen? Yep. Uh, you know, he got some playing time. Wasn't really featured a, a ton, but I think he's going to play a big role. Uh, I, I like the the tight ends that Utah State has basically uh, overall kind of in the wheelhouse there. I think it's a deep group of running backs. There are some questions at wide receiver for me, um, but I think there's enough quality guys coming back. I just – the possession receiver, who is that guy reliably? Uh, so uh, I, there's a lot to be excited about, I think, for Utah State with who they have coming back and some of these new additions too. Hey, Eric um... – I don't see Bryce Morton's on this list at all. Really? Yeah. I am looking, looking, looking. I don't see Bryce Morton at all. The Sky Bison? Yeah. I don't see him. Keep that in your eye patch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, they okay. do. They lose. They do lose starters: Andy Koch, Carter Shaw, and Jason Shelley. Uh, they lost Jason Shelley before the season even started. Uh, Carter Shaw and Andy Koch are also out this year as well. Um, but this is an offense that really, really struggled last year in about every way. They ranked 75th in the country and 7th in the Mountain West in sacks allowed, 88th in the country, 7th in the conference in rushing offense, 119th in the country, and 10th in Mountain West in completion percentage, 120th in the country, 11th in passing offense, and they rank dead last in total offense, scoring offense, and passing efficiency. Sorry, so they're 12th in passing efficiency, and they're dead last in the country. No, excuse me, bottom of the bucket last in those three categories as well. This offense needs a huge pick-me-up, and I'm hoping Logan Bonner can be that guy. Yeah, I like we haven't seen him in an Aggie uniform. 
Yeah, we don't on the field we don't with know. his teammates. So it's kind of hard right now to predict. I mean, we've heard good things about him. Uh, he did some things well at Arkansas State, but still ultimately decided to transfer away from there. So uh, that was that was a decision made before Blake Anderson decided to go. So I think that's really important to keep in mind. If uh, if he had just followed his head coach, it would be a different mindset for me. But the fact that he decided to leave before Blake Anderson even got talked to from Utah State about uh, you know putting his hat in the ring for leaving and going somewhere else, I think that says something. Um, so yeah, I, I'd love to uh, to see what he can do and see what he's going to do on the field um, with his with his teammates because we just frankly we just haven't seen him. I'll say this: I'm not doing it to make fun of myself, but I'm glad we have a good punter in Stephen Constantly. Sophomore this year, six one two zero five, did a great job kicking last year. He was phenomenal because we did it a lot, which was not a good thing, but we did a lot of punting. But and you knew you were getting it out of him. Uh, I thought he was phenomenal, so it'll be good to have Stephen Constantly back uh, for the squad. Yeah, Eric, I just want to make it clear: I do not see Bryce Morton's name's on the roster list at all. Wow. That's really too bad. Where'd he go? You know how those things go, man. Kind of just disappear. Remember, I think, who was it, like two years ago we were talking about somebody really heavy, and then we looked in the media guide and they weren't even there? Yes. <laughs> so the uh, starters or the players that have been lost this year that will not be here with the team, Taylor Compton, Andy Koch, Moses Manu, Bryce Mortensen is also on that list, by the way. Carter Shaw, Jason Shelley, Jalen Warren, uh, Troy LeFedge Jr., Eric Munoz, Jake Pitcher, Jared Reed, Jaco- or Jacob Robinson, Elijah Shelton, Justice T.A., and Izzy uh, Veyafuo. Chris Bartolik is also gone. Yeah, wow, Chris Bartolik left, huh? I guess I'm not surprised. Huh. All right, well, there's some breaking news for everybody. Uh, let's see, 9315. Just the altitude from the team this year will make the offensive stats better and win more games. I hope that's the case. Yeah, I think attitude is going to be big. I mean, everything that I'm seeing, of course, they only put out the best stuff, but um, this team does seem to have a lot more energy and excitement. Uh, last offseason, there was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, there was controversy in the locker room. Uh, I, I think there were some bad actors who were just trying to stir things up. Um, I, I think a lot of that has been solved, and I think there's a little bit better leadership. I think there's a little better connectivity with the coaching staff. Uh, and the players, and I think this team is is really hungry to put last year behind them. I mean, it just was so weird for a lot of different reasons. So I, I think they're really motivated to get that uh, behind them and start something fresh and something new. So I agree. I think that there's that attitude will carry them through a couple different games and help them do a lot better than what they did a year ago and prove those odds makers in Las Vegas really wrong at how many games they're predicting for USU. And the defense in regards of rankings, they actually were pretty good defensively despite a really porous offense. Uh, they were 35th in the country in sacks, 54th in tackles. They finished 100th or worse in the following categories, scoring defense, passing defense, rushing defense, pass efficiency defense, and total defense. In fact, total defense, they're bottom of the barrel at 120th. 5th uh, in the conference in sacks, 8th in tackles, but 10th or worse in the following categories, scoring defense, passing defense, rushing defense, Passing efficiency defense and total defense. They were dead last. Oh, wow. 
Was it really that rough of a year? It was bad. I had no idea. Yeah, it was bad. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> man. Holy. All right, so we need to do this. We need to take a step take aside a again, yeah. and when we come back, uh, we got our preseason standings for the Mountain West Conference, Our the stat that blew our minds, and our player of the week. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This keep it on the down low here is the Dan Patrick Show. And I thought at the beginning of the year, the healthiest team was going to win the NBA championship. And that might be the Milwaukee Bucks. This is fraught with tension and the what ifs. If Kevin Durant hits a three instead of a two, Mike Budenholzer probably loses his job as the head coach of the Bucks. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Ranger Smith with Earl Dibbles Jr. Live at Utah's best outdoor concert venue, Cherry Peak Resort. Every single good time. Join Ranger Smith live along with Stephanie Quayle for a one-of-a-kind experience. Friday, July 23rd. Food, fun, and high energy. That's why I love doing on sale now at SkiCPR.com. It happens like that. Don't miss Granger Smith at Cherry Peak Resort July 23rd. This is my back song. Hit after hit. Live with Granger Smith. Visit SkiCPR.com for tickets. And get ready for Scotty McCreary. I'm feeling, I'm feeling it. This is it. This is now. Scotty McCreary live in concert Thursday, August 5th at Cherry Peak Resort. Tickets on sale now at SkiCPR.com. Give myself five moments. Scotty McCreary. SkiCPR.com for tickets. Enjoy the beautiful scenery and your favorite dishes on the spectacular outdoor patio at the Elements Restaurant. Ideal for every day or the special occasions in your life, the Elements has a beautiful atmosphere, impeccable service, and a delicious menu filled with salads, seafood, wood-fired pizzas, succulent steaks, sophisticated pastas, chicken, and more. You won't be disappointed with your visit to the Elements Restaurant and Riverside Patio for lunch or dinner. Between the beautiful Logan River and the Spring Hill Suites, call 7 550-5171. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, Eric France and Ajay Salveson here, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Uh, we got to get to our preseason polls. Everybody loves polls. Man, you are really focused. I just tried cracking a joke and you didn't even... Oh, uh, sorry. Wow, you are focused. Trying to find something that I had earlier and I got to go find it again. Okay, so no Bryce Mortensen on the team, by the way. That is official. I've seen the list, roster. We don't know what happened, but Bryce Mortensen's not on the team this year. That's too bad. Big body, great competitor, had a great career at Skyview. It uh, looked like he was going mean, to – he got into games later in the year, uh, showed some potential. He's a young player with still a lot of years to play. Don't know where he's going, though. You know who I'm excited to have back is Nick Henniger. 
Yeah. If I, he can stay healthy. That's just it. I'm excited for his leadership. Um, and when he does play, I think he's an impact player. Uh, like you said, I just hope he stays healthy. All right, Eric, you ready? Uh, what we'll do is we'll give our preseason poll, and then Eric, if it's okay, I think we have just a few minutes, hopefully. I want to kind of go game by game with you and see where we're at uh, in regards of what Aggie's record looks like for you. Um, we'll go from there. We'll see how things go here. Yeah, because well, we still got to do our stat and oh, player. Oh, Eric, too. no one cares about the player of the week. Well, because we can go that tomorrow. Uh, oh yeah, I because we'll have the Mountain West release and kind of compare that to Ooh, ours. Ooh, good point. Yeah. Okay. There. Yeah. You're cool. That's so fun. start at the bottom and go up, or start at the bottom and go down. Let's start at the bottom and go up. Good call. Okay. Number eleven. Or and we'll number, build suspense. <laughs> number twelve. What's it gonna be? Stop. <laughs> number twelve for me is New Mexico for so many reasons. They're just it's a basketball school. It's like the Duke of the ACC. It's a basketball school. There's and I, look, I love uh, their new coach, Danny Gonzalez. Really good dude, and he's trying to put it together. But it's a really hard place to recruit at, and they they lost a lot and they didn't gain a lot, especially in the transfer portal. I would say New Mexico, your bottom guy. Uh, the bottom for me is UNLV. Uh, they got swanky new digs to play in. Yeah. They're playing in the new Allegiant Stadium. Okay, I don't need to know the rest of the But details. I think that there's still just too many question marks on that team. Um, so they're they're number 12 for me. New Mexico's right close to them. Uh, they've got them at 11. Like you, kind of an inexperienced coach. Um, but that defensive coordinator there, pretty good. Pretty good mentor. <laughs> so that'll make them tough. That's what... Ultimately, that's why I decided not to have New Mexico dead last, um, just because of that uh, that difference there in the coaching staff. Ah, that's fair enough. Uh, number eleven for me is UNLV. I'm just going to swap you there. Um, not entirely, like you said, swanky new digs. I don't even know what that means. Didn't felt wrong saying it, uh, but just more or less, they just. I mean, it's the same as New Mexico. Lost some, didn't gain any. So, yeah. Number 11 for me is UNLV. Number 10? For me, it's Colorado State. Wow. I got the Rams. Uh, I just, they probably should be a little bit higher, but I just see them as an underperforming team. And based on their schedule, uh, I just, I'm having a hard time buying uh, what's going on there with that coaching staff and what they've got. So uh, I've got Colorado State at uh, number 10. You're going to be surprised by this, but I got number 10 as Hawaii. Wow, I am surprised by yeah, that. Yeah, because, I mean, they, they did, you know, Todd Graham's first season, they get a bull win, not too shabby, but they're, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I think Todd Graham is an overrated football coach. I really do. Uh, they, I, I, and their schedule's tough, too. Their schedule in the Mount West Conference is brutal this year. Um, I mean, especially when you travel from Hawaii to go across, it's it's just gonna be different this year. It's not the same as last year. Um, they do have uh, uh, that really good quarterback. What is it, Shadero? Shadero? Cardero? Yeah, he's really good defensive. Yeah. Defensively, though, I they're a problem though. Defensively, they're gonna be really they're gonna struggle a lot. And so, yeah. Okay. Number nine. I've got Air Force. Oh. They are not bringing back a lot of guys. That doesn't seem to matter. They don't. 
they rarely have really bad years, but uh, I just where everybody gets that uh, all these other teams have opportunities to bring a lot of guys back and they get the the benefit of the transfer portal. Air Force doesn't really work that way. I think a lot of teams will stand to have advantages in ways that Air Force just can't make up for. So that's why I've got Air Force at number nine. And number nine, I have Colorado State. Uh, look, it's 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 like a wild card. It's like Jekyll and Hyde from them for game like game to game. You just don't know which Colorado State team is going to show up. Uh, in that you know last year, like it's like they they had those issues with the COVID. I get it, but they finished one and three in the abbreviated season. Um, they've uh, offensively, they only average twenty two points a game, about twenty two points a game, and. And what four? I think maybe just under five yards per play last year. So a lot of it was through the ground, not a lot of it in the air. But they're going to have to make a huge jump with a new offensive coordinator, um, and just it's going to be different for them. They also, in regards of their quarterback situation, um, I don't know. They don't have a running game, and if they have to rely on their passing game, they're they're in deep deep trouble. So uh, in that regard, I, I have at number nine Colorado State. And by the way, they gave up nearly 40 points a game. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't play defense there. Uh, number eight for me, Utah State. Utah State coming in at number eight. Like They'll have a big improvement from where they were a year ago, but they still have a ways to go. And with, for me, just too many unanswered questions just yet with the new coaching staff. We're not sure what the quarterback is going to look like. Offensive line is shaky. Defensive line is a little shaky. Uh, I think Utah State will see a big improvement from where they were a year ago, but they're not yet contending for the Mountain Division or the top of the Mountain West. Number eight, I have Air Force. Um, their offense has a lot of question marks coming back this year. Uh, it was an abbreviated season. I, I, I get it, but uh, and having Daniels back should help you a little bit. But they, I mean, they besides their rushing offense, which is what they're most notable for. They have no passing game coming back. In fact, they lose two wide receivers. They do get one back in the Brandon like Lewis kid, um, but I mean, other than that, it is just they have a huge issue with the quarterback spot, and they and they got to take uh, care of the the offensive line, which is where a lot of their dirty work is done. Their whole entire offensive line is gone. They got to replace all five guys, um, and I think they have to replace one of the running backs. And by the way, no incoming transfers, which isn't really a huge surprise for Air Force. But just based on what the portal looked like, they should have got something and they got nothing out of it. So Air Force at number eight. Number seven for me is Hawaii. Um, it's it's always tough for teams to travel to the islands and uh, pick up a win. Uh, I think that actually moving to a different venue this year, even though it's temporary, I, I think will be kind of a shot in the arm for them because it will they're installing new bleachers and it'll look different. And I think that'll be a positive for Hawaii, actually. I think that will work in their favor. So I've got Hawaii at number seven. Cardero coming back is a big reason as well. So uh, they're number seven on my list. Number seven on my list is San Diego State. Um, I Again, they, they have a good offense, a really suspect defense. In fact, two concerns I have on the defense is replacing their two safeties, Dwayne Johnson and that stud Tariq Thompson. Uh, and then they have another kid they're trying to replace, the uh, the Hall kid. I can't remember his first name. 
But they look they they ranked number one in the in, in passing defense in the Mountain West Conference last year. They lose those three guys this year. They were averaging about four and a half yards per snap last year on offense. They lose a couple of guys this year. Still keep them remaining core guys offensively, but their defense is going to be very suspect. And in the Mountain West Conference, you just can't have that happen. So at number seven, I have San Diego State. At number six, I have Fresno State. That's um, my number six as well. Uh, I think just uh, I I think there's a, that's a coaching staff that's. That's doing okay. Uh, I think they've got some pretty good players coming back. They're just uh, looking at their schedule and a feel for who the Bulldogs are. I just I, I put them kind of in the middle of the pack of the Mountain West. And uh, I just got Fresno at number six. I'm with you. Just did a one Fresno State. Good call. All right, at number five. I've I have got, Wyoming. I've got Wyoming okay. as well. Um, a lot of respect for, for their coach. I think they've got some incredible defensive guys coming back, an incredible running back. But there's still some questions about a few other things with their roster, especially quarterback. Um, but I think because of the strength of their defense and who they have coming back, they have more guys coming back who produced for them than just about anybody in the country. So I've got Wyoming at number five. Those guys can run the ball. The Validate kid's coming back. Trey Smith is good. You're right. The uh, the quarterback situation is is curious. I know they got the Sean Chambers kid coming back, but he's back for like his twentieth year <laughs> in college. Uh, and can he stay healthy? And if right. he can't stay healthy, they're yes. they're really bad because when he's out, they were the ninth or worst ranked team offensively in the Mount West Conference. It wasn't good. It was really ugly. They're only completing thirty seven percent of their passes in Mount West Conference play. Wyoming's my number five. At number four, I have San Diego State. Um, look, they're all of their games are away games. Uh, their their home will be at, in Carson, California, uh, where the uh, uh, Rams excuse me not the Rams the Chargers played because um, they're the San Diego State they've torn down their their arena, but uh, despite that, uh, Coach Hoke knows what he's doing. Great defensive uh, coach. Yes, there are some things suspect with their offense, but I think he'll be more aggressive than Rocky Long was with their offense. Um, and uh, I think just a really strong program, so I- I've got them at number four. Number four for me, <laughs> it's going to be Utah State. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people, and I think they're going to get some good wins. I especially think they're going to be Boise State this year. Um, I-, I know there's a couple of toughies. It's at San Jose State's going to be a monster of a of a team to have to play there, but I think they're going to surprise a lot of people, and I think they're going to end up being, uh, I got them as the fourth best team. Blake Anderson with a bunch of Power 5 transfers. The, the, the word I keep hearing is infectious, infectious, infectious when it comes to the coaching staff and Blake Anderson. I like what I'm hearing. I've liked what I've seen. I think their offensive line situation is incredibly concerning, especially for how thin they are. You need Logan Bonner to stay healthy, and if he's not, it's a big gap. So there could be some issues there. Uh, number three for me is Boise State. Wow, a lot of players that are coming back. Bachmeyer, great player, but new coach, and that was a team that was starting to slip a little bit in a couple different key areas before uh, COVID uh, under uh, Brian Harson. So, and I think some other teams have really made some big improvements with what they're doing. So, I, I put Boise at number three. At number three, I have Nevada. Look, they got serious firepower on the offensive side of the ball. Still, some questions left on the defensive side, but they could shore those up really quickly. They could be easy answers. Third best team in the Mountain West Conference, Nevada. Number two for me, San Jose State. Uh, I think they're going to give themselves a good shot at repeating as conference champions. Um, great defensive players coming back. Great uh, quarterback coming back. That's a coaching staff that's built from the ground up, making some great inroads and uh, changing their culture. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose much of a step from where they were a year ago. So I'm, I got them at number two. You got San Jose State at number two? Yes. I've got Boise State at number two. 
Uh, I think Enyavalos has got some good energy. I think with Bachmeyer back, that's going to help him. I like their defensive situation, even though they were pretty bad last year. I think they shorted some things this year with transfer portal. I have him at number two. And number one for me is Nevada. Carson Strong, Romeo Dubs, they've got a good running game. They need to improve some things defensively, but I think what they can provide offensively will overpower a lot of teams. And uh, I've got them as number one. San Jose State lost two key pieces from this last year's team, but returned a quarter of the a majority of their needed pieces. I got San Jose State at number one. Interesting. Uh, very. Some of us were we were right on on cue with each other, but yep. we had some pretty big differences as well. We'll find out tomorrow morning what the Mountain West reveals, and uh, we'll have to carry over our stat and player as well. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The NBA playoffs feels like they've been going on for quite some time. In fact, remember when Kevin Durant's tippy toes were on the three-point line in the nets Buck series? Almost feels like that was last season. Or how about when LeBron was still in the playoffs? Seems like he's been battling aliens in Space Jam all summer long. Remember when Ben Simmons passed up on a dunk opportunity, or Paul George actually started to play like playoff P. And did the Atlanta Hawks actually make the conference finals, or was that just a dream? We should say it's been a long and somewhat random postseason. Despite what some critics say, two very good teams are still alive, and now we have one or two games left. Either the Bucks or Suns will win a championship. The drama of this series has been great, and hopefully there will be a few more memorable moments before it's all done, and this long, strange playoff road finally reaches its conclusion, starting with Game 6 tonight in Milwaukee. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.